Hello friends, welcome to the 8th house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. Hi everyone, welcome to another of Eliza's interviews and today with the creator, designer and visual artist for one of her most favorite decks, the Tarot of Y deck. It's R. Campbell. I absolutely loved getting to know R as I edited this interview and so appreciated his unique artist lens as an actor and performer. So, so enjoy. Here they are. Well, hi, R. It's so nice to see you and talk to you. Oh, well, aloha. That's hello and aloha. All those things at the same time. Hi. Aloha. Hello. Aloha. Aloha, <laughs> R. Um, so I wanted to ask, have you ever been on uh, an interview before or a podcast about the tarot of why? I'm sure you have in other capacities. I've had some, yeah, some talks and, uh, you know, I've done, um, I don't know how many countless readings um, and some of them have been kind of almost like interviews because the querent is kind of interested in, in the why of why I am doing tarot in the first place and then why they should be um, doing it themselves. Um, and that kind of becomes an interview in an interesting way. People want to go. Yeah. Well, I had a really great cool. experience doing um, uh, seven minute readings, one after the other, after the other, after the other, in a, a thing called the Speakeasy in San Francisco, where it was a um, uh, 1927 kind of recreation. And I was, uh, my character's name was I am a scam. <laughs> and um, invariably people come in it was a jokey kind of fun thing they were sure. playing you know, but the terror why does not lie and it cuts through all that uh, uh, I always think of it as a mask you know that can both conceal and reveal and um, all of a sudden it revealed you know all of a sudden I had you know tears were <laughs> were falling or, or, or those deep, deep laughs were happening wow. in an interesting way. And, and, but I only had seven minutes, a bell rang and that was the end of the reading. So I got good at like going quickly, imparting information that was really from the, from the cards to my gut, to my mouth, to them. And to have that turnover be real quick and uh, kind of, I don't know, on demand. Right. That gave it a kind of, I don't know, interviewee feeling. Interesting. As you know, the tarot was maybe, you know, uh, for uh, Visconti or, you know, the, back in the, in the ages, it was a game. Mm -hmm. And then it became mm -hmm. a, a powerful tool for divination. But I like to kind of take back the game part and play a little bit and find the, the, the humor, uh, the, the quote that always comes to mind is if you want the gods to laugh, make plans. And people <laughs> oftentimes are coming to tarot going, what should I do? 
And I'm, mm. why says, why do you want to even do that? And why are you asking <laughs> at this moment? Yeah. What should I do? And then, uh, so it, I think that the, the, the onion skin starts to, you know, peel oh, yeah. off deeper things happen. Then, then should I buy a car? Is this girl right for me? You know, all those kind of things, you know, those kind of, I don't know, technical things. I prefer the, the fool's leap is so up in the air. I, I prefer to kind of be in that up in the air place with the people. So I came across the tarot of why, and it comes with, you know, and this came later, but an amazing guidebook that you originally had online um, and the little vignettes of all of the characters and the different cards, the majors and the minors are just so clever. And the word plays, I mean, my husband and I, it, it was my birthday present. I asked him for this and he ended up, he just sits and just, he's got such an appreciation for like the arrangement of the poetry and everything. And he just sits and just ponders and ponders. And I think it just um, really, um, he's, he's not as much of the reader, but like, I think your words put such um, simple complexity to each card where he understands what, what it's about. And I, I also think it can relate to any context, which is always interesting as a reader. As I, everyone has their own kind of idea what the tarot means, the, the symbology of the cards, and you do a great job making the classics um, sort of your own interpretation that's open-ended and that can ask why to any situation. So, um, so I do want to ask, like you've, I know that you have been um, and you put this out there, you've been, um, you joined the circus, which is a lifelong dream of my own. Um, you've, you've been a clown. You're interested in the magician. Um, we've already had, you know, the listeners have already heard the episode on the magician archetype. Mm -hmm. And we originally included uh, your passage of the magician card, but I was interested to know kind of, well, kind of how your background led you to tarot in the first place mm. and how you think it feeds the soul or asks the questions why, like why the tarot and why the tarot of why, if you want to expound <laughs> on that. Um, my journey with uh, tarot started, you know, I think 35 years ago when I got my first deck and that was the Rider Waite and I, um, and it worked for me a certain amount of time. Um, right about the time that I um I was I was playing Richard the uh, third and I um I think we uh, forgot to mention you were a, a theater actor right <laughs> that's the big thing and I started yeah I'm, I'm one of the few people that went from Teatro Zanzani to Cirque du Soleil uh, usually kind of goes the other direction. Richard III uh, asked Lady uh, to either kill him or move on or, or ask him to kill himself in, in this one scene. And I was wearing a leather cloak. And when she says no, I would, uh, there was a wooden deck on the, on the stage and I would throw the, the dagger into the deck and it would go, doing, 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 you know, and it was a dramatic moment. One particular night though, I threw the, dagger into the deck and it it got the leather cloak so I was now had now pinned myself to the floor 
there was some there's something about the uh, the danger of being in a live situation. But I, I think it, there was something about that moment that I went, this is more interesting than anything I could have planned. I, it's really representing what kind of the cards do, I think, is that reveal of what is actually going on, the why of it. Uh, mm. And so then that kind of led me to, I need to do my own tarot deck. I started drawing it, um, and I was working and my own cards and I was scrawling little notes to myself on the back, which became the basis for the, the poems you see in the Terror of White Companion. Uh, just little thoughts and things and, and bad puns and dad jokes <laughs> kind of. Um, I really like this idea of being kind of at peace with not knowing. Oh boy, I struggle with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think that that's where we are when we shuffle the deck, when we uh, in an improv situation on stage, not knowing what's next. Um, that that it's the exact same leap that you were talking about in that mm. first uh, podcast with the um, the, with fool. the the fool. Uh, that it, there is really kind of uh, for me a sense that like that word leap, that jump. If you, I think if you did a word search on all of the tarot podcasts ever recorded, the word leap would, would you know, if you put the word mirror in, it would probably be a high count. But that word leap, is, it, it kind of jumps out at me, so, so to speak. And that's kind of where I wanted to be. So I was, I was working on my cards and there was a Russian acrobat. This is a story I tell in the thing. It's... Um, um, who, who jumped uh, on stilts off a teeter board nightly and did a flip and one time fell into the audience and, and landed <laughs> over a little boy, but caught himself. Oh my goodness. With, with, uh, on the armrests over this little boy. And oh, they wow. all that, you know, kind of thing. I mean, things like that have happened. Having a little boy, I can understand how that he must was, have been. He was an avid chess player and everything. And, and I had been doing readings for almost everybody in the, in the troupe. And there's like 150 people, including the tech people uh, uh, in the big top. And and he said, and he saw me working on the cards and he said, can, can you tell me my past? Hmm. Well, Dima, I, uh, you mean you want to know your future? You want to know what's going you know, I said, no, I know what's going to happen. I know myself. Better. Oh, wow. That's so I interesting. I don't care. But I want to know why, why I'm here, why I got to this point. And, oh, and, wow. And I said, oh, that, and that just stuck in my head, the why of it, that that's more actually more interesting. And I've always seen, you know, if, if we're in a boat, I'm about to go sailing today. So I it's kind of in my mind, but if, if you're on a boat and the prow of the boat is the present and the wake of the boat, which goes out in that triangle from the, from the bow of the boat is the past, it slowly dilutes and gets wider and wider as you head off into the unknown. And it's harder and harder to see why I got right. here. And so I, I'm hoping that Tara Y is able to distill the wake so that we, uh, we can see, oh, that, oh, there's the engine at the back of my boat that's actually pushing me. What made me want to be, to do this? <laughs> Right. Uh, so sometimes P 
people can, I tend not to, because I'm constantly revisiting why, 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 why? that's the most important question I've ever known in my life. And so I never stop asking why, because if it didn't have purpose, I wouldn't be doing it. So it's, I do like what you said about the, the tarot being, um, I, I, I can't remember how you explained it, but I think of it as sort of a snapshot in time, like the cards when they're laid out, um, the, the scene it creates, the um, mm. context, um, the characters, it just sort of, and I'm a photographer. So, mm. you know, you're an actor, I'm a photographer. So I'm like, bam, okay, snapshot. Here's what we see right now. It, it could entail what led up to this point um, and it could suggest what is to come. Um, but then we always have the, have a way to affect what's to come. Mm-hmm. Um, like, have you seen the, the, I think it's called the tarot of before and the tarot after. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it shows you like what's happening in those um, scenes right before, like the classic scenes. Um, and, and then the other tarot deck shows what happened right after, which is so cool. And have um, you had experience, Eliza, when you do like maybe a three card spread and, or a two card spread even, and you, you go, oh, this is obviously a before and after picture. Yeah, yeah. The triptych is really a a past, present, future. It's just kind of telling you what the spread means after after doing the spread rather than, oh, this is going to be about. So again, not knowing, I just put it out there and see what it tells me. (laughs) Yeah, I really struggle with spreads. So I usually, the question is so so important to give context. And so I like to get to know the person and what they're, what they're asking. So as far as those five W questions, I definitely think that the why, if people are lost in the, they don't know the why because they're lost in all the other details and the other W questions, then maybe working through those other elements, the what, the who, the when, um, for me, we seem to be down in the, in the when, uh, when am I going to ha- get okay. this? When am I going to have that? When, when will this be over? When will this start? Those, those when questions are, they're so specific. Right, right, right. Sharp edged. Um, I, I do a lot of, um, question marks in, in the, in the deck yeah. that curve the opposite direction. Well, and, that know, was like- the first thing I thought when you, when you started talking about this, um, friend, the Russian acrobat asked, um, um, most people want to know where is this leading and he wanted to know where he came from so he can better determine why and, and what's next in, in that way, uh, which is much deeper and, and more meaningful. I'm all about meaning. So when he, when you described that, the first thing that popped into my mind was a reversal, you know, just because it kind of turned it on its head, maybe like the hanged man where you don't expect, um, right that to be the question. So it almost felt like that was a kind of moment where you were the hanged man going, whoa, I, I could look at this differently. And well, one of the things that I think is um, uh, an interesting byproduct of the terror of why that, that I've experienced is that we don't know ourselves. Speaking of mirrors, uh, people go, well, I'm the kind of person or a person who has a lot of the, the word I in their, mm-hmm. I do this, I do that. I slowly start to pull back and distrust their opinion of themselves. 
because they're they're building a kind of a tower or a, a castle around the I who I am. Uh, and so I slowly try to scrape that away, I think, a little bit. Um, if we don't know our own superpower, then I think the Tarot Why kind of reveals it to us in an interesting way. What, what is it that, that I have? And you think, oh, well, I'm this, I, I've studied this, I have this. But what's the other thing that you don't know you have that as soon as you find out, oh, that's why I'm yeah. good with animals, or that's why I'm, you know, I, I didn't know why I was, but now I know. And it, it, it helps you own that present, yeah. this is me. Uh, rather than having to prove it to others, a lot of the the and the actor's life is you know uh, you know tell the truth and be absolutely you know honest in your portrayals. And when you can fake that, you got it made. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yep. it's that kind of uh, dichotomy that I'm always kind of going up against, which is the presentation, even to myself, of who I am and why mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. And the view from the outside, oh, Ron is that way, or R is that, that type of person who is interested. Well, I'd rather be the fool into, into my own sense yeah. of self and go, I don't know who I am, but I didn't wash the dishes. So why? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I want to do something else. What did I want to do? Or I did the dishes. Why? Because I love my wife and I didn't want her to have to do, you know, whatever it might be. Sure. <laughs> I think that um, a lot of what you're talking about reminds me of the things that came up organically in our magician episode. Did you listen to that? No. Yeah, I certainly did. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you've talked about masks. You've talked about illusion, creating a presentation, I wondered if you wanted to talk about, you had told me that your the magician was one of your favorite cards. So just a lot of these hints I'm getting that like, I would love to hear you talk about why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I, I might've mentioned to you about this. I'm always kind of looking in real life for representations of the cards. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and now it's kind of like, oh, look, the uh, look at all those those boats heading all in the same directions. It's the eight of wands, you know, all that movement, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, it's hard not to see it once you know the terror. Right. <laughs> it's well, everywhere. You go, oh, those archetypes everywhere. Um, I practice a martial art of Iaido, which is Kenjutsu with an emphasis on the draw. So it's a Japanese sword art. And they asked uh, our Asaka sensei, who's a 95-year-old uh, Japanese martial arts sensei, and they said, what is Iaido? He said, what isn't? So I, I get the kind of similar feeling. And I mean, I was at a street fair here in Oakland and a there was a little kid, probably about, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And he was doing a three card Monty game and getting guys to put down money as he flipped the cards and, you know, oh and, and for the ace of spades and, and, and he was winning and winning and winning. And these guys were, you know, and it was big giant men and this little boy, and I was, fantastic. I was kind of backstage. So I was observing it enough to see that there was an old Chinese man who was, every once in a while I'd go over and 
he collected enough winnings and this was cash, you know, in the street, he'd give it to the Chinese man, the Chinese man kind of disappeared and come back. And, and I got a strong sense that that, that was the teacher of this boy on how the technique of how to fleece people with this thing. And the dichotomy of that really resonated with me that that is really the magician. This guy who has it all as above, so below, as he's depicted with the, you know, in the right away, that kind of I've, I, I have all your tools, I've got your all your everything you need to go little fool welcome to the, the uh, emporium of, uh, of all the possibilities that you're going to have in your future and the fool is like oh fantastic look oh oh can I try that one sure go. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like what our, our will and how we um, venture mm -hmm. forth and how, what we use, the resources we decide. And and unexpectedly, we talked about, um, you mentioned the superpower, and mm -hmm. uh, we talked about masks. And so I've come to feel that I am likely on the autism spectrum. <laughs> and so it's like, it's been a lifelong journey and just realizing it more and more going, Oh, wow. Okay. That was why that's why that's why. And it all, like you said, exactly made sense. And so I felt like I was putting on different masks at different mm. points and situations throughout my life to get through it. Like there, I would be a character at one point, um, mm. to not be bullied and picked on because I was so shy. I could become that other persona and put on that mask to mm. be, accepted in this situation or or whatnot so i got a, a i got a grant to to uh study mask around the world I, I got a fox fellowship and i went all over the world and and uh was with uh donato satori in in um in italy and in ireland and in uh japan and um and some of the work that i've done under a mask the the mask affects the wearer in an interesting way just as uh so like there was a death mask that i wore in greece uh in on the isle of hydra that i started hyperventilating underneath because i i really felt like i had the power of, of life and death and i could oh wow you know uh and a little uh, i did something with my body that made a little boy laugh in the in the fourth row and I turned on him and I'll never forget the reaction because it was like ha ah. <clears throat> yeah <laughs> yeah gets, I understand curdled because death was looking at him not me not the actor right it transcended all that and I I've worked with the Cycladian mask which is a completely the Cycladians were the pre-Greeks so there's no eyeballs oh, there's wow. just a, really a line and just it's very, very neutral. With that mask, what if you breathe under it and just be yourself under it, meaning your body is giving all the information and we're just filling in like Buster Keaton's face is the great stone face. It's not really yeah. moving. So we're able to put our own emotions on it. When, I, when I'd wear that Cycladian mask and just breathe and be myself, children literally will run to you and hug you because they see this human thing. I've had it happen so many times. If I control my breath, it doesn't happen. If I right. control my body, it doesn't happen. If I really just let go. 
And so part of me is that that Cycladian mask, it, it appears in the Tarot Y a couple of times. I know. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that is the case. That's kind of what I, I that, that's my, my fool's mask is open mm-hmm. suggestion, like the hypnotist assistant. <laughs> well, a, a big, well I, I would have find, find interesting and just to, to end that, that thought and and uh, when people drive down the in a you know a neon it says tarot reading and they go i'm gonna pull into that place and figure out if i should buy a chevy or a, you know that kind yeah. of thing tarot is a a way to get to somewhere a, a, a way to get something and that that general impulse i think does make sense when you're dealing with something that is a little bit beyond our our normal ken or understanding uh but I think the portal leads to an even darker cave as opposed to, uh, you know, a big, oh, I'm a revelation. If you're looking for a revelation, you may be disappointed. If you're looking for oh, yeah. a deeper darkness. <laughs> so that you can see inward, kind of like the high yeah. priestess. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that whole idea of if you want someone to listen, whisper, you know, <laughs> And if you that want, just time. came up recently. <laughs> That's so crazy. There you go. But if if you if you want, why do we when we're trying to remember something in our memory, close our eyes and lift our chin uh, as a as a as a, uh, a studier of of uh, body language? I'm a big fan of the chin and the fact that um, like right now your chin is at an angle uh, on our Zoom meeting, so. It, that's you're actually forming a question mark in with your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this is a question. Right. This, right. Just like dogs, you know, go, mm? uh-huh. Twerk and, their heads. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing. Now, if I did this whole interview like this, I have my chin raised and I have that there, there's this kind of uh, pugnacious arrogance. And if I pull it back, and in, into myself, obviously, there's a shyness and everything. Now, if I have bold eyes, but keep the chin in, it becomes another thing, which is coy, maybe. You follow me? And it's yeah. just those basic things. Um, so we talked a little bit. I think you were interested in the, the dual, dual, the terawai dual, dual spread. Sorry for the bad pun, but that there's one card and there's and another card are revealed at the exact same moment and there's a space between the card i want to when we have only the two cards uh, of a two card reading that bridge card that's between them is what's going on that is both i've kind of i've wanted to to be able to draw that card yeah say the 10 of pentacles and the 5 of cups you know, in the same reading, it doesn't really tell me past and, and future, uh, especially depending on what, if I'm reading right to left or left to right, I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if I was Japanese, I would go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Right between those two cards is this, um, I don't know, a, 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 a gulf. When you, when you flip a coin, obviously there's that that binary polarity, you know, duality thing going. Um, what I find interesting about the dual dual spread, a kind of card inside your uh, in that in that mystic gulf between the two cards that you pull, 
that really is the edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a coin, which is it's rare and it's 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 dangling. It's on a precipice. So it has a little, it's a little bit un unmoored, just like yeah. the fool leaping off the cliff. It's 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 got that, and so you gotta grab it. <laughs> uh and not overthink it but let it kind of come to you mm -hmm. uh that's what i find really interesting about that third card which i don't even know you know is different for every person if 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 there was a code to it i don't think it would be as interesting no of course not <laughs> and that's why yeah it's i liken tarot a lot to photography mm. um and i could see acting as well any sort of thing that is different every single time. Um, mm. I cannot recreate the same thing in anything I do this, <laughs> the same every single time. Um, so I struggle. I, I'm trying to create a Rooster Al tarot deck with um, mm. him as the central character. However, I find it really hard to render the same character more than once in different settings and situations mm. where he's recognizable as the same character. <laughs> so... I really struggle with that. I struggle with that with recipes. I don't follow recipes. I just can't ever recreate anything. So uh, I, I like that. that. I like I'm, that. Uh, devising and writing and drawing a comic book. And I wanted the same character to be recognizable in the next frame. Right. And he's right it's there, like right next door. You know, I know. All that. he's right there. But um, he's changed you know, in my mind. Yeah. Right. Isn't that crazy? It just shows you how, like, so with photography, I know there are ways to set up. I was never a photographer like this, even though I learned darkroom skills and lighting and control. Uh, my, my, I want to call my professor, but it was just high school, but it was a very intensive course. So I'm, he called my, he called it Eliza's Zen method because I would always, you know, he'd try to have us critique each other's work. Well, so what did you use? How did, what was your method? How did you do this? And I'm like, I, I just liked what came out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't have an explanation. I can't ever recreate it. That's just not my thing. So I'm not going to record what I did this time to get this effect or so I kind of like the magic of, you never know what's going to happen. You can't ever capture the same thing twice. The light changes every millisecond when you're taking a picture. So the tarot is to me a bit like that, where you're just like, whoa, this is just like literally like the snapshot right. flash of this instant in time. Well, you, you remind me of, you know, doing, I've done like over 2000 versions of the same show with, with Cirque du Soleil, mm -hmm. 600 mm -hmm. versions of a one man show, the history and mystery of the universe about Buckminster Fuller. And people ask me, how can you do the same show that many times, you know, and it's never the same show, number mm -hmm. one. And the audience is always different. It's always yeah. of a different animal watching. Exactly. Um, so, um, so that's a bit like the querent in tarot. Yeah. So the yeah. person asking, so, um, and, and as my grandmother used to say, my Scottish grandmother used to say, only boring people are bored. That's what my mother <laughs> used to say. She was a Scottish in her too. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so I was also interested in your, your interest in why the uh, chariot and the tower stick out mm -hmm. to you. So I just wanted to hear what you 
Well, uh, the the tower recently has reared its uh, interesting, I won't say ugly head. Um, you know, trying to keep downwind of the upheaval, as they say in the tarot and the companion. You know, I believe it, I, I am actually moving, and I think in the I Ching, the the card for change is also the the card for chaos is also the card for change, renewal. You know, all the positive sides of the uh, the tower. Um, I rarely work with the reversed cards. I just, I try to depict both the reversed meaning and the, I don't know what the opposite of reversed is, the, the positive meaning uh, in the same image. Mm -hmm. But with the hanged man and the tower, I make an exception in that the tower reversed is, is people flying up from a inferno uh down below and waving goodbye to it <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i've also heard that said about the ten of swords when you have someone with you know, ah yeah sure stabbed if you turn it upside down then they're all falling out <laughs> they're all yeah <laughs> it's like uh the spines of a sea urchin leaving your mm -hmm, body mm -hmm. yeah, yeah um uh so i think that that um uh, the fact that the tower has has been uh, in in a couple of readings is kind of going, you know, embrace the change, you know, mm -hmm. how I've chosen to uh, interpret it. The the um, the chariot was, is interesting. Um, my wife and I pulled the chariot one morning not too long ago, and then we have two cars, and we both dented our cars that day. <laughs> So, um, yeah. there's something about the 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 chariots, you know, twin sphinxes as it's depicted in the Rider Waite. Mm -hmm. But you know, in in my thing, it's two dragonflies pulling it in opposite directions, and and a dragonfly is a, kind of a key image in the Tarot of Wai, and also in Japanese culture, as you probably know. Um, and what I love about it is it has no reverse gear; it uh, yeah. it, it can't back up. It can only make a U turn and to go back in, in a different direction so it's that got that forward impetus that that yeah design. like a shark almost yeah yeah <laughs> uh, absolutely and one lands on your finger you know you're in the woods and you you know and one lands on your finger it it can it can cause this frisson of um kind of a deep empathy i think i think they have this kind of you know very much like a being touched by a fairy or a, some, some kind of otherworldly spirit. It just goes, boom, I, you, you are in the world, you know? Um, mm, they're, and oh, they're so fascinating. As light as they are, they're heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would collect on all my fingers, sometimes multiple, they were mostly damselflies, the smaller <laughs> slender <laughs> ones with the different, um, positioned wings but I would collect collect them all on my fingers and so I'd probably have about 20 on all together <laughs> and would um walk carefully with my, my hands sticking out yeah it wasn't like one of those balloons where you <laughs> fly off the balloon um because they had spider web all stuck all over them that's why I would gather them so I would spend the entire day picking off you know, saving them from their imminent, uh, torturous, slow death with 
the sticky stuff all over them. Now, poor spiders, I get that, but I loved these creatures and would tend to them. That was just my, like it was my job because clearly I'm not getting paid as an eight-year-old or whatever to to (laughs) unpick spider web off of, of damsel fly wings, but it was the coolest thing because they would just hang around me. Like I would literally take them to the mall. They just didn't want to leave. They, um, uh, they, would they, would, they would be my friends until they were ready. And then they uh, would fly off, you know, but sometimes it would take a day or two. Well, Those you seem to have a lot days. of animal familiars in your life. I do. Yeah. Aiding you along a, I'll never forget sailing with my godson. And um, it was the day after Valentine's Day. And I was out in the bay, actually down in Los Angeles. And there were all these, those, you know, balloons that people have on Valentine's yeah, Day floating yeah. in the water. You know, obviously there was some kind of cruise ship or something. And they, so they were, they were all around. And so I don't know, my, my godson said, let's get them. Let's, let, let's clean up. Now we were under mm-hmm. full sail on a sailboat, but we did it. <laughs> good we just one at a time you know with a whisker pole he got him. and as we were doing it a pod of dolphins Aww. rose up and came around us and just kind of were just playing with us while we were doing this job and there was one last you know shiny metallic balloon floating on the water and we couldn't get it we couldn't get it the wind was changing we couldn't get it I finally made the decision. You know, I said, "All right, that's it. We're we're going. We're turning around. That's enough." And the moment that I turned the tiller, the dolphins went away. <laughs> and I always felt like the dolphins were like, "Oh, thank you, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get that one. Bye bye. <laughs> Screw you. You know." Yeah, I relate to animals because they're so literal. They just are yeah. what is. They see it for face value. And uh, yeah, my rooster owl is always like goes around the house and he makes sure that we're picking up what shouldn't, you know, what's out of place. If it's mm. outside of the normal schedule or routine, it's he keeps everything in line. He keeps everything on track. But yeah, I would. So did you finish about your chariot and the choice to use a, um, the dragonflies? Um well, we were. Uh, I, I had sent you a, a piece I wrote on Medium about a, a, a very interesting day in my young life when I was uh, driving my chariot, which at the time was a Dodge Dart, uh, up to cash my check at a local bank. And the bank was robbed, and I was uh, a gun was leveled to my head, and he, the the guy said, "I will don't move. I will kill you." He didn't say, "I'll kill you." He said, "I will kill you." And something about the way he said it. I knew he was telling me the truth. There was an old lady. Everyone had laid down on their fronts and she, she lay down on her back and mm-hmm. it felt so much like me and she was breathing hard. And I thought kind of like a turtle, you know, uh, well, I thought gonna I should say turn her thing. over, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started to crawl toward her and that's when the, the guy just said, don't you, uh, I guess we can say this on podcast. Don't you fucking move, you know, really loud. And, and, so I happened to be playing Cyrano at that time, and I was telling the story of that experience to my uh, fellow actors after the uh, just before the show. Uh, we were behind the the uh, on the same day, right? On the same day. <laughs> what, the- what remind us? What is the title of your piece? It was like the day I almost <laughs> died twice or something. <laughs> the day I almost got killed twice. 
Yeah. Uh, um, and, um, and I was telling the story to my fellow actors. And of course I was telling it in full volume and full, you know, because it had just happened to me, you know, and all of a sudden the sun was blotted out from the sky and a guy who had been loading orchids in a truck down the, down the alley had my, I'm in a full costume as Cyrano. So I actually have a false nose Good on, image. And, yeah. you know, and he grabbed, and he said, he said, you got to cut that shit out now because they're shitting out my system yet, man. And so he, something had some major traumatic, probably a war experience or something like that, probably yeah. Vietnam or, you know, I'm not sure what. And he heard something in my voice that triggered something in him. And I, I saw the veins in his neck. I mean, he was ready to pummel me. Uh, and some, somehow he dug down deep into his, whatever his, you know, control system was and stopped himself and went back to loading orchids in a truck. <laughs> now my wife and I have a, a flower shop and I load orchids in a truck, <laughs> that, another mm -hmm. chariot. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I may not be performing that much uh, uh, just because of the COVID and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, but I am singing happy birthday to people who are receiving flowers when I deliver them or, uh, or my cool. funny Valentine or whatever it is, you know, uh, I, I, I'm pretty proficient at soft shoe. And so I can, you know, do a little dance for them and they, uh, and reading the air or as the Japanese say, uh, kuki yomu, uh, reading the air, I figure out whether that person will enjoy a strange man. Mm -hmm delivering mm -hmm. their flowers and doing singing them a song or not <laughs> or just <Yeah>. leave <laughs> uh, would you say um on that note about reading the air that's really it i feel like dragonflies do that um mm. i <laughs> they definitely have to read the air um at rooster owl reads the air uh the hawk his nemesis reads the air um, well, you read the air every time you go do a, any social work like my podcast partner, Sarah, um, she's very empathic. She is a uh, pediatric occupational therapist. Uh, she has claimed that hers started very young as well. And I've heard a lot of people say this, that they had to know how to read the room, how to read energy, how to read people, you know, what was emitting from them. And I just wondered if you had that natural ability would you say I don't I think I learned it because I didn't always have it I think I started out uh, as an actor the you know wanting to be an actor for all the the kind of showy show-offy reasons and and I think that that practice has deepened over the years I mean hidden in the word entrance is the word entrance yeah so when I come into a a, a room I wanted to just blow the roof off I wanted to, you know, here I am, you know, kind of thing. And why? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> and then slowly, I think um, I, I've, I've learned to that, um, and, you know, if you want someone to listen, whisper, uh, yeah. I, um, I wanted to um, uh, get a sense of what, what is happening before I, and then see where I fit rather than you fit me, people. You know, yeah, uh, we, we we really um, embrace that um, in a one man show I did about Buckminster Fuller, um, because he because he himself would start a lecture with a pause. <laughs> he 
he had this gesture with uh, placing his fingers lightly together and he would just try to get a, what the what the room wanted to hear before he spoke and he called it thinking out loud and so huh. we recreated that and it was it's so interesting for an actor music to sound, lights to come up uh i kind of wander on stage and then i stood there yeah and yeah. in that pause the audience they then they're like okay what happened and then right. there's a laugh and then the laugh goes and then it and then the laugh goes away because it's like okay we've still nothing's happening and it, was, it became quite predictable how a, an audience responds to somebody who's just being with them yeah and then i'd pull a coin of course and drop it and say it always does that gravity doesn't have to think nature doesn't have to have a committee meeting just to decide what it's going to do it just happens and we were off to the races. Nice. So that, <laughs> you know, that kind of being being in a room with with an audience, I think prepared me for becoming a tarot reader and being in a, a room with a single querent and just listening to the unspoken question. And you something know, really will come if you leave a space for it, something exactly. will come. Uh, the 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 great director Anne Bogart, who created what's called the viewpoints, you know, the, her company would be rehearsing, and she'd go stop, and she'd start to walk toward the stage. She didn't know what she was gonna say. <laughs> she just knew stop, and then it was on that walk to the stage that the gods told her what to what needed to be coaxed or pushed or or cajoled or some but not knowing and that that walk is is the the walk that we're all taking you know i i definitely uh so sarah and i are impulsive creatures and i love the eight of wands so to me that's what the eight of wands is about mm -hmm. and i think um sarah and i just deciding what the hell <laughs> why not <laughs> so it was great concept of of same which is like that push that that inexorable push the pressure forward um that is is like a stream like a current to kind of latch onto you've clearly you you're clearly in that stream and uh, allowing that that thing to continue forward every time we go oh what why did i do that i don't want the why to be uh yeah second guessing right i want that why right. to be why not? Yeah. You know. I'm there. I get it. <laughs> That's why I got your deck. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, more and on. Uh, uh, pleasure talking to you. And, and we will uh, we'll meet again. We'll meet again. <laughs>